0: Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Maneman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Maneman. This is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I am Coach Maneman. Thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. For the latest news and notes and baseball content from the tri-state area, find us on social media, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Coach Maneman on Twitter. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and today For the first time in the history of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, we are welcoming a local area current high school softball player. Her name is Jaden Glab, and she's not the first female to ever be on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. If you're a softball player, you're new listening to this, go back and check out our catalog. We have the Yankees single-A manager, Rachel Balkovic, who's the first ever female hired in Major League Baseball. And then we also did have Jenna Nims, the GM at Baseballisms as well. Anybody out there wondering, Nick, this is a baseball podcast. Why are you having a girl, a woman, a female on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast? My response would be, I would feel comfortable starting Jaden at any position on any of my high school baseball teams that I've ever coached. She is that good. She's that great of a person, and she has a great message for our area youth, boys and girls alike. So if you don't know Jaden's story, Jaden is one of the top softball players in the country. She attends Hempstead High School and is currently committed to play Division I softball at the University of Washington. Jaden, thanks for being a guest. My first question for you when did you first start playing softball, and what was that first moment that you can recall where you fell in love with the game of softball?
1: So I started playing at about nine with the Lady Expos. Um, at that time, I hadn't played at that like prominent level. I was playing like in DGIL here and there and whatnot, so I hadn't played on a travel ball team yet. So I wasn't the best. I probably was the worst on the team. I, I didn't know any of the girls, so it was very um, like scary for me to start at something that new. Um, but that's when I started, and ever since then, I've been in love with the sport. I think I fall in love with something new every day that I play it or practice it. It's mostly just the feeling it brings me, but I think the first time I actually realized that that's something I wanted to like keep in my life and keep doing was probably realizing like how many good people was bringing into my life. So about a year into playing with the Expos, I became really close with a lot of the girls and, you know, we were hanging out outside of practices and games. So, and some of those girls I still talk to this day and some of them I consider my best friends. So I just think like the people it started bringing towards me and the people that kind of stayed in my life is kind of when I fell in love with the sport and what it had brought me.
0: Jaden, this is really hard for me to do this interview because um, I am a big Michigan State Spartan fan. And through Zoom right now, your big gold W for the University (laughs) of Washington is flashing right through my screen. And they just (laughs) kicked the crap out of the Michigan State Spartans in football. But I'm going to keep my bias Out of this interview, give you a fair shake because you have a great story to tell. You touched upon it a little bit in your last answer, but tell us a little bit about your path to Hempstead. What leagues did you play in? You talked a little bit about the Expos organization. Did you play in any other organizations? And how do you think those leagues and those travel organizations prepared you for the jump of playing high school softball?
1: So they prepared me a lot, actually. Um, like, building up to my freshman year for high school, I feel like the Expos probably prepared me the most. Tony Hauslog did an excellent job at shaping me and the girls into the athletes we are today. Um, I think what helped most about the Expos, other than growing my talent and my span of, like, learning the game, was getting to know the girls because... A lot of those girls I would either play with at Hempstead or play against, whether, like, at Senior or WD or, you know, schools around here. So I think getting to know them and, like, already building relationships with teammates that would be my high school teammates helped a lot. Um, after that, I would – so I played for the Heartland Havoc um, out of Moline, Uh I played with them when I took my year off of high school. Uh, That's where I got seen by Washington. And then I veered away from that, and now I play for the Iowa Premier 18U National Dickel. So I think what prepared me the most was treble ball and my path for Hempstead. So I had a pretty good eighth grade season. I started as a varsity catcher. Um, I caught Mal Huseman, and then the second game I DH'd. Alicia Fries, my coach at the time, did a really good job at shaping me into a varsity player at such a young age. Because, you know, being 13, 14, 15 years old, playing against women that are 18 is very hard. I mean, I was a lot smaller, slower, not as strong as some of the girls I was facing. So it was difficult for me to kind of catch up. But she did a great job at, you know, shaping me to be like their level So I had a pretty good 8th grade season. I don't know my actual numbers. I don't usually look at my numbers. My dad doesn't let me. But I had a decent season. (laughs) And then my freshman year, my coach was Jason Lepholt. Uh, Freeze ended up not coaching that year. She moved to Prairie. Uh, Or, yeah, she moved to Prairie. And um, I just think... I think Lev Holtz is a great person and I thought he was a great coach, but I just think I needed like a switch because I'm the type of person where if I'm in the same position or same, you know, feeling for too long, I start to get bored and that's when I start to like kind of freak out. So I think I just needed a switch and I wasn't getting like the looks I wanted and stuff like that. And I just really wanted to better my game. I struggled a little bit my freshman year um, just with like, mentally I wasn't doing as well as I knew I could have and that was a big block for me mentally so it was a little bit of like mental health and just things going on throughout the team whether it be drama or anything like that so I decided to take a break and play travel ball with the Heartland Havoc for a year and that's where I got seen by Washington so I think it was totally worth it to kind of take that year off because I wouldn't have had you know, the looks I was having from Power Five schools, if I would have played for Hempstead. And I surely think it's made me better.
0: I do want to ask a couple follow-up questions there. Now, you talked about when you started playing varsity softball, which in baseball for an eighth grader to play to play varsity is very rare. In softball, that's a pretty common occurrence. For the young girls that are listening to this, to the youth listening to this, what does it take to be an eighth grader and start varsity what drills or what were some things that you work on and you said that you struggled your your freshman year a little bit now what adjustments did you make in the off season to help you get over those um struggles that you were having to make you a division one prospect
1: yeah um so as an eighth grader playing up, I think I just had to have the mentality that like nobody really knows or cares how young I am. So, you know, I was always thinking like, Oh, these girls, like they know I'm going to be, you know, smaller and slower and and whatnot. So they're going to like purposely do things, but that's not the case. Now that I'm in the position that I'm in, like being a senior, being the oldest on the field, like I, I don't really care. Like how old the other girl is. I'm just playing them. So I think like, it was more of a mental thing that I needed to prepare for, you know, I actually I I was like fine for size and my, you know, athletic skills obviously carried to where I was. So, I think mentally I just kind of had to prepare myself that like I'm good enough to be there and that's why I'm in the position that I'm at. I had to like keep telling myself that so I would believe it. And I think that also drove me to work harder like in the off season because you know, because of my size or whatever at the time, I needed to lift weights and speed train and everything like that and make sure that my game was at the top level so I could still compete with girls that were older than me.
0: You shared earlier when you decided to make that decision to step away from the Hempstead Mustangs. And I believe you were gone one season. Is that correct? Yeah. What. When you look at the two, whether it's playing for the Hempstead Mustangs or playing for your elite travel team, what would you say would be the biggest difference in play or exposure for the parents that are listening to this and thinking, you know, my daughter is going to be a sophomore and I would really like her to be seen more. The level of play, how, how, how does it compare? How is it different?
1: Oh, I would say travel ball is a lot more like things need to be done and it needs to be done a certain way, where high school is more like let's have fun. Like obviously we're still trying to go to state and win games, but it's a lot more less tense. So I just think, I mean, I love both of them equally, and my opinions have changed, you know, over months and years of them both. But I just think if you're trying to play at – high-level softball, whether that be D1, D2, whatever, I think travel ball has to be in the mix somewhere. If you can do both, like I did last season, I mean, that's great if your coach allows that. But at some point, you have to get out of, you know, your hometown or whatever, and go to showcases and combines and stuff for you to get seen. Because I mean that for example, like a small town like Dubuque, like the University of Washington isn't coming to Dubuque to watch me. You know, I have to put myself out there, I have to, you know, go to big tournaments and get seen. And I think as parents, it's really hard because you don't want to take your kid away from something they love, like if they love high school, but if they have a huge dream and they've always wanted to be a D one softball player, you know, whatever then you have to kind of make that decision and push them towards that. And it's not going to be easy by any means. I think travel ball has its ups and downs, but I I just think that like you have to get the exposure because if you don't, there's, there is a time where it's too late and, you know, other girls have already gotten it and they've already filled other positions. And your sophomore year is your biggest year for recruiting. So I'm not saying that's the year to do it, but, you know, from that time span to one year senior would be a good time to get exposure from
0: travel ball. And that's great advice. We think of baseball, you generally hear your biggest year for recruiting is junior, your junior year. Now, I I do want to bring it back to this question here. So in the baseball realm, we had Ian Mahler, who never played high school baseball, just did the showcase and travel ball circuit. We had Cal Harris, who did both. We had Tommy Speck, who did both and then left. You started in high school, then took some time off from high school and did travel. What ultimately brought you back to the Hempstead Mustangs?
1: So at that time that I was kind of deciding, you know, whether I wanted to go back and play for Hempstead, I was playing for the Heartland Havoc, and I had talked to my head coach, John Nelson, like, he was very against because they're an Illinois-based team, and Iowa and Illinois have different schedules when it comes to high school. They play um, in this fall or spring or something, and we play in the summer, so it would interfere with travel ball. So I said, "Look, as long as I don't miss any travel ball games or any practices, is it okay if I play high school and I can?" Because I knew that Coach Stralo would be all right with me missing a few games, and he said, "Yeah, that's fine, but." You know, if you do miss games, there will be penalties, whether that be sitting games and whatnot. So I said yes. And then I was still kind of on the table. And this was probably like a month before, like, um, tryouts or the first practice would have been. And I was still going back and forth. Like, you know, maybe I don't want to play. Maybe I do. Maybe it's going to be too much. You know, maybe mentally and physically I'm not going to be able to handle it and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't attend like, any open gyms, like, no one knew I was going out, and then three days before the season, uh, Strela was my lifting coach for my class at school, and I told her, I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go out. I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna show up to the first practice, so I need to get my practice permit, Um, and she was, you know, she was very happy for me, and we had talked about me, you know, needing to miss a few games or whatever, and then it just kind of became too much having to do both, and missing some big high school games. So I ended up stopped playing for the Havoc and I play for the premiere now. But I honestly think what drove me back was the feeling that, like I love travel ball and there's nothing like winning like a national championship, but the feeling of playing for your own city and, you know, winning a big game, like say it were against senior or Waller or WD and playing against girls, you know, and the whole stands being packed and playing under the lights. There's no feeling like that. Like I have, never played a travel game that has felt like playing senior you know in a close game or something like that like there's there's no feeling like i've never usually been nervous for a game but those games i get so nervous because i just feel like i have to like do something good
0: yeah <laughs>
1: but i just love the feeling i think that's what ultimately drove me back as i missed it
0: Jaden, i am so glad that i'm having the opportunity to talk to you parents are getting some great advice. And the younger girls who play softball in the area are getting some great advice as well. Hearing Jaden talk, I think as coaches, we need to work together better. She shared a story on how one travel coach earlier wouldn't allow her to miss certain games to go play high school, and then another travel organization would. And You know, in the years of doing this, I worked in three different programs, and definitely the thinking has changed over time. It used to be this is the high school season. You're only playing high school for your high school. But ultimately, as coaches and as parents, we want what's best for our children and our players. And I think Casey Bryant does it right on the baseball aspect because he always tells his parents and his players during the – preseason family meeting that he's not going to kill anybody's dream so if you're a football player and you want to go to a football camp during baseball season go ahead and do that if you're a baseball player you want to go to the showcase go ahead and do that I mean we have rosters of 20 guys we have programs of 60 kids so if somebody's gone for a game or two we can always find somebody to jump in and what's great about that is Coach Bryant will tell his players, once you've committed and once you've made that commitment, then you're mine. So senior year, you get your best players, your best athletes with no interruptions, which I think is great and something that we all can learn from. Now let's talk about the University of Washington. You committed to play softball there. What was it about the program, the campus and the coaching staff that made you ultimately decide to be a Husky?
1: So, um a week before my visit with Washington, I had a visit at the University of Arkansas and I loved it there. I loved the atmosphere, I loved the coaching, but something just kind of felt off. I don't I feel like I was kind of changing myself to like fit in with the program and everything like that. And I'm very grateful for the opportunities they gave me and everything, but it just wasn't me. So then when I took my visit um, to Washington, our plane landed at about like midnight and coach tar, my head coach picked us up from the airport and she almost felt like a mom. Like she picked us up. We got McDonald's seat cause nothing else was open. It was just a very good conversation we had in the car. Like, I could feel myself, like, not faking being somebody I wasn't. So I think she just made made me very, very comfortable, and I knew that I could be myself around her and not have to, like, switch up, kind of. Like, she's still a human being, even though, you know, she's very decorated and everything. So, and then when I met the girls and everything, they had already made me feel like their teammate. Like, it was very, like, I felt at home there. And, you know, the girls took me out to eat. We, like, kind of drove in their car for a while. They talked to me about everything. And it just, it was a very surreal moment. I i mean, I talked to a lot of Division One softball players that I've played with. And I never used to believe them saying, like, you'll know. Like, once you step on campus, you will just know. Like, you'll get a feeling and you just, you just get it. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know. That's not true. And then I stepped on the University of Washington's campus. And I was like, yeah, this is home. Like, it doesn't matter what happens after this. Like, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to play. I want to win a national championship here. Like, I want this to be my new family. And it was just, there's no feeling like it. Like, any girl that's getting recruited right now or, you know, has visits, like, if you're having any doubts, trust me, your time will come because you will step on that campus and you'll just know. And then they took me to a football game and – i mean it was amazing i had never been that close to so many huge men <laughs> like <laughs> literally they were so big i didn't even like we were on the sidelines for a little bit and we were just kind of talking to everybody and then we ended up going up to the student section for the uh fans and then they took me out at halftime and they had a conversation with me and my dad just about money and everything and um It was amazing and I told her, you know, I'd have to go home and talk to my mom to think about it. And then I called her uh, like two days later, we had a Zoom and she had told me she was like, do you want to play for the best school to ever do it? And I was like, yeah. And she sent me my commitment picture. And from there on, it's just been, I've been a Husky. It's been amazing.
0: Automotive Care Solutions is a proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. ACS is owned and operated by Nate Dirt Hall and is located in beautiful downtown Dyersville. ACS offers services such as exterior and interior detailing, buffing, waxing, ceramic coating, rust proofing, and undercoating. They welcome all cars, trucks, tractors, semis, campers, boats, and so much more. To make your appointment convenient, they also offer a courtesy vehicle. Pickup and drop-offs are available within a 15-mile radius of Dyersville. To request a quote or schedule an appointment, call 563-581-8244. Or email Dyer'sville at gmail.com. Great story. And I know when I coached, I, I would do this with players. So they, they had a couple schools looking at them or multiple schools looking at them. How's how's the future look for you? Are are you possibly going to be able to jump in and play as a freshman, or might it take a couple of years because there's an all American sophomore, a junior, a senior that that plays the same positions that you play?
1: Um, I mean, I'm really not quite sure. I know, you know, they've seen me hit there, and I did really well, and they know I catch and. Most of the games that they've came to and watched, I've been catching. Um, they know that I play some infield, but I I don't think I can play infield at a high level just because I just randomly picked it up when someone was hurt and like have been playing it since. So, I I don't know if they see me as a catcher, or if they see me as DH, or if they want me to redshirt my first year and just kind of learn from you know some of the girls. But either way, I'm I'm just glad to be in the position that I'm at. I mean, I think it would be. I mean, it would be a great thing for me to start, but it would also be a great thing for me to kind of sit back and watch some of the girls do their thing while I kind of learn the steps of you know, how to be a collegiate softball player and just kind of sit back and learn for my first year or half of my first year. But I think whatever they have in store is going to be the right option for me, and I'm just excited to kind of see.
0: Jaden, when I announced you as a guest, there were – so much excitement from girls all across the area, some coaches across the area. I know the Expos were super excited to see that you were coming on. To the girls listening out there, what advice would you give them about what does your daily training schedule look like? What does your weekly training schedule look like? And what does your routine for working out look like in the offseason and also during the season?
1: Okay. Um, So my daily and weekly training has changed over the years just due to, you know, how my body's functioning and injuries and whatnot. But I've had a consistent schedule for the past year or so. Um, I work out and weight train three to four times a week at 5 a.m. with Chad Remigle at PSC Performance. Um, I hit two to four times a week at K-Zone as well. Uh Edmunds gave me a key up there, so it makes it a lot easier for me to go out there just because I have to balance work and school. So, you know, sometimes I don't get to hit until like nine PM. So it's nice for me to be able to drive out there and just go hit on my own time. But um sometimes I throw. It kind of just depends on whether I'm in season or whether I play that weekend, because if I'm gonna be throwing a lot on the weekend, I tend to just stretch and that's about it. I don't throw in my off time. Um I think the biggest advice I can give when it comes to making a workout or, you know, going to weight train or anything is to listen to your body. Your body will tell you what it needs if you just listen to it. I've had a lot of stupid, like preventable injuries due to overworking myself just because I thought I needed to be training at a high intensity for, you know, six, seven days a week while still playing on the weekends, which isn't good for you at all. Um, I think the routine I have for me works really well with my body and the way I want to be built because it's more mobility and agility and you know speed training so I'm still lifting weights but I'm doing it in a way that you know I won't be as sore and I'm not lifting you know 300 pounds at one time it's more of like reps with heavyweight um during the season I train a little less heavyweight and do more mobility and like explosive training. Um, In-season is when I'm trying to gain muscle and, like, work on explosiveness as well. While I'm in-season, I really prioritize stretching and mobility. I think yoga's great. I mean, it's also a workout. I tend to sweat, too, while I do it. Um, But, yeah, I just, if I could give one piece of advice, it's just listen to your body. Because the last thing you want is to get a dumb injury due to overworking yourself. I mean, taking one day off to just rest and stretch and kind of regain yourself isn't a bad thing as long as you know you're doing it occasionally and not three times a week so yeah but I do love lifting so
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that you loved lifting because I'm thinking of myself I'm I'm 40 years old and you had mentioned lifting weights quite a few times and when I was growing up and I still see some of these faux pas in the media that are portrayed toward girls or women who lift weights what would you say the weight room how has it helped you develop and improve your game
1: so i think there's still a lot of negative backlash on women in the weight room Um, not necessarily that i've seen today but i think when you go to a public gym or You know go to train somewhere it's mostly male predominantly and you know I've had a few encounters where you know men come up to me and they ask if I need a spot or whatever because you know I'm pushing weight that I don't look like I can push or you know just they're kind of being rude just because you know I'm a young girl in the weight room and they may be older than me and bigger than me but I think people see like a young woman made up of muscle and they tend to say like being bulky and being strong isn't feminine and I completely disagree with that. In this day and age, it's a necessity for female athletes to be hitting the weight room and training. Um, I started weight training at about 11 or 12. But for the past three or four years, I've really seen a difference in my performance. Um, it's made me a lot stronger, more explosive. Um, I'm faster. I'm swinging harder. I'm throwing harder. It's, it's crazy to try and you know understand what your body can do. And how far you can push it before, you know, fails, like training until failure is what I do a lot, just because I want to see how many reps I can really pull out. Um, I think it really helps with mental health as well. So any problems, you know, that I may be having, whether I'm stressed about school or softball or, you know, anything, I think working out is a great way to kind of cope with that kind of stuff. And it's a very healthy way as well. It's good for your body and good for your mind. And it keeps you in shape. So... I just think overall it's great for anybody, but I'm still seeing backlash, you know, for women in the weight room as well, and I hope that changes in the next five, ten years.
0: And Jaden, I hope you and I having this conversation will change the way that people think or the mindset that people have. Um, I shared earlier that I had... Rachel Balkovec on the Dubuque area baseball podcast. And if you follow her on Instagram, I mean, she, I think is an, is a very, very attractive woman and she's a muscular woman, but she probably weighs the same of as somebody who has never lifted a weight, but just has, has a different, a different body, body type. And it's, it's great to have these conversations and, and to change uh, those stereotypes because you talked about all the advantages that hitting the weight room has had and how it has helped your game in moving forward. Every elite athlete Jaden I have on this podcast, I always like to ask this question and I had Tommy Speck on recently, Cal, ha- Cal Harris on. And if you could give one piece of advice on how to become an elite athlete, what would you tell the listeners?
1: Um, That's hard because I have a lot of advice to give. <laughs> but I think the most important thing to remember, you know, as you're getting older, whether it be middle school to high school, and, you know, as you're starting to make friends and mingle and that kind of stuff, is don't let the feeling of sacrifice for your sport ruin what your end goal is. Um, You have to understand that the path you're on is worth it and like all the hard work that you've put in can be ruined by, you know, one thing that you choose to do. So I feel like a lot of people, once they hit, you know, the age where you can drive and all that kind of fun stuff, they kind of start to realize what they're missing out on. You know, I can't like I can't imagine how many times I've had to say, no, I can't go. I have softball or, you know, I can't go to the basketball game. I have softball in the morning or I have practice and, you know, just kind of stuff like that. But it's all things that made it worth it in the end. Um, You have to make your goals and your end goal and where you want to be worth everything that you have to give up. I think you also have to understand that in certain situations, you're not going to be the best. You know, there's been a lot of times where I'm not the best in the room. And, you know, I kind of feel uncomfortable because coming from a small town, like, you know, there's a handful of athletes that are top tier so we're kind of a big fish in a small pond. And then once you, you know, veer out and like say you do play travel ball and you, you don't know, get to all these camps and you have girls that are at the same skill level and better than you, you feel a little out of place. So I think another piece of advice is working to what you know you should be. Like there's always going to be somebody better, whether it be in your hometown or not, or, you know, I'm sure there's somebody in florida working harder than i am and that doesn't sit right with me so i think another great piece of advice would be training harder than you did the last day so just sacrifice and hard work is you know what it takes to get to the next level
0: Jaden, thanks again for being a guest on the dubuque area baseball podcast last question Before we hit into that podcast killing double play and unlike your dad, I have checked out your stats. I know your dad doesn't let you look at your stats, but you hitting in a double play is something that never happens. Now it's common practice sometimes in baseball where you will see um, baseball players not play their senior season. I'm curious, will Jaden Glab be suiting up for the Mustangs for her senior season?
1: I will gladly be returning for Hempstead. Um, I really loved the atmosphere that last season brought me. Um, I think Coach Stralo knew how to coach the talent we already had. We had a lot of talented girls, um, just a lot of things that went right. And I think she did a great job at kind of like hurting that all together. Um, she also made the team very happy. And she made me really happy by letting me kind of express my opinions and express myself in a way that would help the team or, you know, just kind of let me talk about what I wanted to talk about. Um, for the next season, I really wanna make a run at state. I wanna have a great last year with some of my best friends before I moved to Seattle and kind of leave everything that I've ever known. Um, I think it's gonna be a very emotional year for me no matter the outcome, just because I'll be saying goodbye to everything. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's in store.
0: What's the future hold for you at the University of Wisconsin? If you could write your storybook ending, what would it look like?
1: Um, when I go out to Washington and kickstart my collegiate career, I hope to arrive whatever my team needs and hopefully make some lifelong connections with my teammates. I want to have a very memorable collegiate career and win the last game in Oklahoma city for a national championship. The school aspect, which I tend to forget about. um, I hope to study pediatric nursing with a minor in disability science or psychiatry and start my life out there. I'm I'm very
0: excited. Jaden, best of luck to you, your ladies staying teammates and the Washington Huskies, whenever you're not playing Michigan state. And, um, (laughs) I'm really impressed with how how well-spoken you are. I know people listening to this, whether they're parents, teachers, coaches, children are going to be really impressed. You are a very well-spoken young lady and I wish nothing but the best for you. And I know the community as well will wish nothing but the best of you. 643, we're out of here. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review and also subscribe on Spotify.